Welcome to the Venue Solutions Podcast, where we talk about everything data center, information technology, cybersecurity, and more. I'm William, Venue's data center sales engineer and one of your hosts. Hi, I'm Eric Malatesta, Venue Data Center Infrastructure Manager and also one of your hosts. And I'm Michael Faisley, Venue's Network Infrastructure Manager and Cybersecurity Specialist. And I'm also one of your hosts. This is Venue Podcast number 82 for May 18th, 2022. In this podcast, Eric and I discuss Citrix with Shannon Adams, Citrix's lead sales engineer. All this and more in the next Venue Podcast. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this podcast are the speaker's own and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Venue or any guest's employer. And welcome to the Venue Podcast. Been a little while, but I want to get, uh, we wanted to get a podcast out to you. We've had vacations and and uh, other work going on, but we uh, it's time for another podcast. So I'm joined here today with Eric. Hey, everybody. It's good to be here again. And also, I was going to say Michael, but uh, Michael had something come up at the last minute. Um, you know, so we'll have to harass him later. But uh, we're gonna we're gonna carry on. We've got a great uh, podcast today. Um, wanted to introduce our guest. We have another guest, um, kind of keeping the the. The guests coming into the podcast, which we really like. So today we have Mr. Shannon They're fighting at the doors to get on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so today we have uh, Shannon Adams, who is the late the lead sales engineer Ooh. with Citrix, and hey, also you. used to you used to work with us here at Venue, correct? I did, I did. Right before I came to Citrix, I was at Venue for a short stint. But uh, yeah, thank you, everybody. It's it's great to great to be on here, and thanks for inviting me. Now, Shannon, Shannon I, th- I think we should mention. I I think I saw on LinkedIn a few weeks ago or a few months ago that like you were like sales engineer of the continent or, or of the globe or, or or of the galaxy or something like that. Like like best sales engineer <laughs> in all of Citrix in the history of time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you're right. So last year was a, a good year for us. And, you know, I'm based out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana. But uh, but yeah, so I, I cover the commercial side of the house. So anywhere between 750, 1000 employees and up. And so I made commercial of the year. So that was a that was definitely a great honor. Very good. Great job. Very good. Thank you. So Shannon, correct me if I'm wrong. What did you when you were at Venue? You were just you weren't a sales engineer, were you? You were just you were working in Eric's team, or or were you an actual? Because I know you did a lot of sales engineering work. Correct. Yeah, I was doing more of the infrastructure stuff. So I was working, you know, with the VMware, vCloud, you know, Citrix, helping. To, you know, I, I knew a lot about a Citrix. So I was helping a lot of the teammates on that. So it was just uh, more of the infrastructure side and not really the sales engineering side. When I first came to Citrix, that's when I first stepped my toes into the sales side of the house. That's right. I remember now. I remember now. Um, so anyway, let's talk a little bit about Citrix today. We, we I know many people on the podcast or listening to podcasts, maybe this is something that um, they, they've used Citrix, maybe use Citrix now, maybe have used it in the past. But let's talk about Citrix. I think we have a lot of good content, a lot of new things that um, maybe we can recap or get get information out to our listeners about what's going on with Citrix now. So I kind of wanted to start off with kind of defining what Citrix is, who's Citrix, right? Where did that name come from? Um, you know, kind of maybe talk about a little bit of the brief product set uh, from from what Citrix brought in the legacy days and then kind of moving into what Citrix is bringing to the, to the table now. Sure. Not a problem. So uh, I can, you know, Citrix started back in 1989. So we've been, a, we've been around for a while. Uh, it was actually the founder. It was founded out of Richardson, Texas. So, you know, not very far, uh, sort of interesting too. Sorry. So it used to be called Citrus, uh, not Citrix. Uh, and the reason why it was called Citrus is because the founder, he had an orange, uh, carpet in his office, and that's why that's how it became Citrus. <laughs> You're kidding? No, no, exactly. Um, and so we eventually, so we got uh, there was a company out of out of Florida um, that sort of had the rights for Citrus, so we had to change our name. So back in then, uh, Citrus actually developed on Unix uh, and not Windows, so we were doing Unix at the time. And so that's how they that's how we came up with Citrus. So we combined Citrus and Unix and we made Citrix. So. OK, yeah, that is the first time I've ever heard that. I, literally, I've, I mean, I've been 
been around Citrix since 1997 or eight, and and I've seen it and 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 dealt with it for years. And even pre doing our planning for this meeting, that never came up. <laughs> yep, that's Little crazy. Because you know what, what's funny is um, what, what maybe the name comes. So Citrix may have been a play on. Ultrix, which was actually a version of uh, Unix that was released by Deck back in the day, so it was probably maybe a more of a, you know, kind of a play on that on that word. Um, that's long, long time ago, but just <laughs> interesting that that's where it, that it came from a Unix, a Unix Linux background. Yeah, so crazy. the first, yeah, the first product was called Citrix Multi User, and it was an extension of OS two. And so uh, three days before launch, back in 1991, uh, Microsoft was moving off of OS2 and then going to Windows. So three days before the, the three days before multi-user launch, uh, Citrix had to change from doing Unix and OS2 and going to more Windows-based. Wow, that that is that is incredible. You know, I'll I'll tell you a little secret here. I am OS2 1.0 1.5. I'm sorry. Well, it was two, one point oh, one point two, and two point oh, and two point five, and three point oh certified. Nice. <laughs> well, I hear that the OS two is coming back, Eric. So hey, there may be calls <laughs> for you. You know, what's funny is uh, I actually did. I started playing with OS two back in the early '90s, and I think it was version two point oh. And I used it on servers, and then later on, they came out with a product called OS two Warp, which was for desktops. Oh yeah. And yep. uh, I, I don't think that really, I think that flopped. <laughs> I don't think it, that it, really worked well. Yeah, it did. I, I, I Again, I'm, you know, showing my age, but yeah, I messed with uh, OS2 Warp and it was, it was sort of interesting, right? You know, sort of the, the Windows and the OS2 battle back then. So, yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> I, 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 and I never actually fooled around with uh, Citrix and OS2. Didn't even know the connection, but I do know the connection between OS2 and Microsoft because Microsoft and uh, IBM actually had an agreement at the time. Micro- IBM was kind of writing some of the code for for the server-based platform, and they were calling it OS2. And when Microsoft decided to split and build Windows NT, if you look at the original versions of Windows NT 2.5 and 3.0, you can actually go to help and about, and it'll say OS too right wow yeah there's actually a good there's a great movie that i like watching there's actually two movies that i would suggest one is kind of fact fiction the other is is total fact it's uh there's one called pirates of silicon valley uh which is really good and it's kind of a movie it's some fiction and so it's it's based on real life but it's definitely fiction and then there's another one called um uh, I think it's Triumph of the Nerds, which is like an LPB special, three-part special. It is absolutely good, and it goes <laughs> into some of the early days of of um, IBM, Microsoft, and then Apple, and pretty pretty interesting stuff. Anyhow, yeah, awesome. and, and 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 Citrix. I, and I don't know how much you know about this, but Citrix actually helped. I mean, we've been a longtime Microsoft partner since you know way back when. Uh, Citrix actually helped Microsoft develop Terminal Server. Really? Yep. So back in 1997, um, there was an agreement between Microsoft and Citrix, and Citrix actually helped them develop that. So that's where, and then that when Citrix sort of came into the Windows NT 4.0, 5.0 sort of sort of realm. That's I did not know that. I did not know that. Um, so you know, in 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 the product set that Citrix provides, really, I think it is very, it's always been robust, and I think even some of the early days when. Um, when Venue, or I should say NTG, back in the way back days, uh, some of the product sets that we would we would provide to customers uh, was based on Citrix, right? So we would do things like application hosting and desktop hosting way before the term VDI um, came out or desktop as a service, uh, or even for that matter, virtualization, we were providing um, applications and desktops to customers through Citrix. Absolutely. So, so in in the late '90s, like '98 or so, NTG, they they were already selling a a multi-user uh, email system built around um, Exchange. And uh, what they were doing was they at the time they had tons of clients that were lawyers, and so they were deploying 
desktops and workstations with with office on them and put an exchange put an outlook on there and what they were saying is hey don't use google yahoo all those ones that were common at the time aol for your email use us for email we're going to run an email system and we will keep all your email secure within our environment so when you need to email these lawyers with over here they're already on our system. So if you come onto our system, when you email them, it'll be secure. It'll never leave and go across the internet. It'll be it'll be a, a secure interface for you guys, right? So that was what they were doing, this was say 97, 98-ish. So late 98, we the NTG people at the time decided, hey, why don't we layer upon this virtual desktops? And what we'll do is we'll we'll have a way of controlling their outlook. We'll have a way of controlling their word. We'll have a way of controlling their law applications that they were running, right? And so they started rolling out Citrix servers, putting on Outlook, connecting them to this private uh, email system. And so the the play was come join our intranet. Be secure. Be able to communicate with all your other lawyers here in the in the metropolitan Louisiana area, and nothing has to go across the internet. So that was kind of the play they had, and they they signed up, you know, a couple dozen lawyers, and they had this little private network for these lawyers that were able. And it, that thing actually to this day still is in existence as at a, at, a, at a smaller level, but that that platform was conceived basically out of providing secure email and then and then secure applications. And so they designed this around Exchange and, and Citrix together. And it was it was a it's, it's, the concept of it I honestly was ahead of its time. Um, and and I and I went to work for a business that was working with NTG and they were building a, a Citrix based environment where we were going to deploy applications that were secure for doing uh, uh, statistics on uh, wells. So they're gonna they're gonna put these readers out in the world. These readers were gonna collect data and they're gonna send it to an application that was gonna be in a Citrix environment. And these people could go anywhere. They could go on on vacation. They could go across the world. They could log into their Citrix environment. They could still pull up their data from their wells. We were so far ahead of our time. This was 2000, 2001. That it didn't really work out because and I kid you not when I say this sales the 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 CEOs and, and CTOs and uh, engineers would say, well, why would I ever want to go on vacation and get logged in to see this this data? <laughs> I'm on vacation. And now this is something we do on our phone. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but but so we had to design this around Citrix, right? And we and and VPNs and all these kind of things, right, to get to collect the data and get the data into our environment. But Citrix was the heart of it from the idea of security, not from the idea of a virtual desktop. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Um, you know, if you think about it, they were sort of a cloud before there was really a, a term for it, right? Sure. Uh, they were hosting their, you know, hosting other customers in their data center. And, and again, you know, you brought up security as well. Um, you know, Citrus has always been a security company, but we really has never positioned ourselves as a security company, even though we've always done it, um, you know, it's just more prevalent these days. So it's it's sort of interesting. Yeah, you, you're right. Exactly. It sounds like they were ahead of their time. Yeah, yeah, that 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 uh, <laughs> that company failed, um, but they were ahead of its of its time at the time. This, I guess, this is two thousand one, two, three that that area. So um, the thing, anyway, I, yes, the thing I remember was Citrix brought one of the things that that Citrix bought to our end users and customers was really simplicity, right? And we talk, we can talk a lot about the backend architecture, how it, it may be built on Microsoft servers, and then there's some Citrix components that you have to manage and install to, to, to bring the security and the application delivery and desktop delivery and so on. But at the end of the day, Citrix brought simplicity to our customers when they wanted to run their applications. They didn't have to worry about, you know, necessarily bringing up a VPN or, um, you know, jumping through a lot of hoops to get connected to their applications. It could be as simple as taking up their taking out their laptop, opening a browser, and going through a secure website to uh, launch an application. So maybe they didn't have to have the application installed locally on their on their laptop or desktop, but they would be able to stream the application through streaming services and actually have that application appear to run locally 
but it's actually running at the cloud prem, right? At the um, or data center premises. Sure, and Shannon, I, th- I think I think something you're saying is is important here to remember. You know, you're saying that Citrix has always been a, a security company, and and I agree with you. And I think the evidence is there because if you look at some of the major players in the Citrix. From a consumption standpoint, you're looking at banks, you're looking at at, at uh, law firms, and you're looking at healthcare. You know, so these people that all have to be super secure. These are the people that use a lot of Citrix, and it's not because they just want to have a remote desktop. It's right. because it's because, and, and this is my opinion, but this because the the engineer and the, the 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 technicians all say, how can I give this application to this user where it secures the right version? There's no issues with with compatibility on the desktop. There's no DLL com- issues. There's no risk of someone getting infected with a virus on their bo- environment and therefore transferring it to our application is all wholly contained in an environment that I manage away from their own desktop. And so, so yes, the remote desktop and the streaming application, all that is super cool because that's what helps deliver this. But what they're really delivering is security of the application and data. Yeah. And, and user experience as well. Right. So, sure. So if you if you talk about healthcare, so I sort of came from a you know healthcare background. I worked at uh, Ireland Lake FML for a number of years, and so Citrus is again like you said, Citrus is really big in the healthcare because why is that? Because we can deliver the you know the EMR, the electronic medical record system, to every user, whether that be nurses, whether they be doctors. And they can be internal, they can be external, and in any device, right? You know, a lot of you know, and roaming users as well, right? So a, so a you know, doctor is you know, he's going to go visit patients on you know, uh, floor one, and he may go up to floor six to see a different patient. So we give that ability to actually you know, use that session to roam to the different parts of the organization. Then if he goes home and he he gets a call from you know, from a nurse saying, hey, can you issue this med? He can immediately log in with Citrix and then prescribe medication. And then, you know, because at the end of the day, it's, you know, to healthcare, it's about, you know, patient care. But, yes. you know, with Citrix, they can enable, you know, the doctors and nurses to be able to help the patients at the end of the day. Yep. I was actually, I had a doctor's appointment uh, the, earlier this week <clears throat> and uh, I'm waiting in the, um, in the, in the doctor's room, right? And uh, he walks in. The first thing he does, take out his smart card and scans it over the um, over the PC. And actually, it wasn't a PC; it was a little wise terminal. <laughs> so, right. so it is really doing the the true uh, thin client uh, server technology. And he waves it over his client. It pops up with the Citrix logo and logs into the application. I said, "Hey, you're running Citrix." He goes, "What's that?" <laughs> I'm like, "Never mind, never mind." He goes, "What you work in IT?" I'm like, "I, I do." And he goes, "Oh wow, that's cool." I said, "So what's Citrix?" And then he goes, "So what's Citrix?" I'm like. Just, just, just take care, take care of me right now, <laughs> you know. And he's like, okay, but yeah, I mean, Citrix is huge in healthcare, and I think it's because of the security. And and it, you know, when we start talking about customers who maybe in the past has are very familiar with terminal services or remote desktop um, services, uh, Citrix brings much more security and much more flexibility to the end user than just doing a standard remote desktop deployment, right? Well, I, I think that begs the question for Shannon, you know, you're, you're the sales engineer and you're, you're walking into this environment and they say, well, why do we need Citrix? We got remote desktop, mm-hmm. it's working fine. Right, exactly. And so, you know, remote desktop, it works, I would say on a smaller scale. You know, if you just need a, you know, if you just need to connect to a server real quick, right? You know, as a as an IT person, yeah, use RDP or something like that. But if you need something that's going to scale, if you need something that's going to give you the visibility, if you need something that's more flexible, um, and the security side as well, you're going to need a solution like Citrix, right? And that's why a lot of organization has been using Citrix for a number of years. Yeah, terminal servers and stuff are are, are good and it makes sense. But, you know, um, you know, when you start getting to some of the larger enterprise and you want to scale and you want to have, again, like I said, visibility, um, you're going to, you know, Citrix is the way to go. Yeah. Well, also, I, I believe that there's a lot of improvements over, over remote desktop services when you start talking about device redirection, things like printers, things like third-party devices. 
Uh, and then pr profile management, I think, is much more robust under Citrix than it is RDS, right? And I would say for sm very small customers who, who have limited needs in terms of flexibility and they, they do just one thing and, you know, don't do a lot of it, remote desktop services has a place. But the flexibility that you're giving up by not going to Citrix, it, it can be noticeable, right? And, and Citrix brings so much to the table that just RDS. It, sure, exactly. I, I so, so sorry. Um, no, so please. like our, our, our protocol, our protocol, you know, we've had our same protocol for a number of years and we've improved it. And so I'll give you a little story. I worked with a customer. It's been a, it's been a few years now, maybe, maybe four years ago, it was a bank and they were, they were using terminal server to deliver, you know, deliver their desktops out to their, their remote sites. And the CEO wanted wanted to start having training videos for all his employees. Mm -hmm. And they tried, they tried it. Uh, they tried to use, they tried to use RDS terminal servers to be able to, to be able to do that. And it didn't work. And so they came to us and they were like, Hey, you know, we heard that Citrus is much better from, you know, the graphics and be able to deliver the content, you know, out to these different sites that we have all over the place. Can you guys help? And so we did a proof of concept and the the user experience was much better. They were able to do the training videos. And so it met the need of the CEO. So they ended up, you know, implementing Citrix across their organization just for training videos. Yeah. Wow. Well, Shannon, isn't Citrix kind of the preferred choice also when you have customers that have needs for things like AutoCAD or, or raster type type workloads where you may be needing to put in um, uh, graphics cards, right, to support um, higher-end graphics applications like AutoCAD. It, isn't kind of Citrix kind of have that space blocked off where they provide most most uh, most of the benefit? Exactly. So uh, we we can provide you know the high-end graphics, and we can do AutoCAD, and we can do a lot of those kind of things uh, virtually, right, from mm -hmm. from any device anywhere. Uh, again. Um, I worked with another engineering firm up in um, Oklahoma uh, here recently, and they were still running Windows 7 uh, on their uh, laptops or desktops doing doing uh, solid edge. And so one of the things they wanted to do is they want to move off of Windows 7 and go to Windows 10 with high-end graphics, but they did, the CIO didn't want to do the same thing they've always done, right? We don't want to be in that sort of realm. So he's like, I want to, I want to do something new. I want to do something innovative. And so he came again. He came to us, and so we were able to deliver a um, a high end graphics AutoCAD. And the engineers actually took their local session and the Citrix session side by side, and was manipulating the images to compare to make sure that it was going to work for them. And they they ended up coming saying they actually said it was better. They actually had a better user experience doing a virtual desktops with a graphics processor in their server than they did their local machine. Wow, that's incredible. That, that's that's great. And, and and here's the the thing is is it was a win win for that CTO or CEO because now he doesn't have to do this big forklift upgrade of all of his laptops either, right? So so how many laptops did he have that he was going to have to replace because they won't support Windows 7 or they didn't have enough RAM in them or all those kind of things, right? So now he just streams right. this little small 32K um, uh, 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 protocol session to to your window and you're, and you're running. So, so nothing to be done at the end user side. Or also, right. may, or also just make it simple and put something like a, a robust thin client out, right, that has the video processing to be able to process the video sure. stream of the application. And now someone can have a really nice uh, thin client with multiple monitors and still have the same experience but a lot less deployment at the end-user desktop. And also, not to mention, I don't have to you know manage a person's operating system, patches, things like this. This is all handled by the backend IT administrators. Yeah. And the other thing this, this brought in too as well. So if you think about uh, users working from home, right. And you have these expensive AutoCAD desktops, right. Mm -hmm. Some, sometimes they can range 10,000 plus dollars, right. Depending. 
Um, do you really want that user to take that home? Or if you have a contract worker and you're working with an outside engineering firm, do you really want to give them the, the data? Do you really want to give them the, the intellectual property that you have? You could just provide them a virtual desktop. They could access it remotely. All the stuff is local to the data center, right? You know, the, the desktops, all the files, all the images, everything, AutoCAD drawings is all local to the data center. And then when that contract's done, you can just cut their access off and they don't have anything, right? right. So it's a way to it's a way to keep that intellectual property, you know, controlled as well. And then yep. not have to store on a, you know, person's PC at home, for instance. Exactly. And yeah, also no, and also be able to run on any PC or laptop that they want to. Maybe they want to run a Mac, right? And, and Eric right. tells me all the time, man, William, I love Macintosh, you know, products, some Apple products yeah. so much. I want a Absolutely. Mac. I want a Mac. I want a Mac. I'm never going back to Windows. You know, and I'm like, hey, Eric, you know, we'll, we'll implement Citrix so you can do, you know, yeah, that's what that, and that makes me happy. <laughs> that, that, that's a joke. But, but that's a joke. Shannon, so, so, so everything you just said, it, it, it's really funny because everything revolves right back around security again. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so you just said that you, I mean, you didn't say the word security, but you said, Hey, we, 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 we prevented them from being intellectual, a property being taken away from us. I prevented, I prevented someone having a, a, a work laptop. That's a, you know, a five, six, $7,000 laptop at their house where it's potentially stolen as well, by the way, stolen, right. broken, all these things out of their car, how do they right out of their car? All that is a security concern that you are eliminating right there by running out by running with Citrix. It's, so, so it's, it's, it's funny because you kept, you said that at the beginning of the meeting today is that, you know, Citrix is a, is a security company. And, and I don't think people think of, of Citrix as a security company that just do day-to-day IT. They think of you as a remote desktop company, but I think mm-hmm. you're bringing to light the truth of the, of the matters. Yes, you are a remote desktop company as well, but you're doing that for the sake of security for the end user, the, the company, and the uh, support, support engineers that are supporting everything. So everybody benefits from that security. Yeah. Even right. to the fact where if you don't want to allow people to take screenshots, right, or cut and paste the granularity of the security constructs that you can, you can you know, governance that you can put on the end user, it is profound the amount of, you know, things you can adjust to lock that data down and keep data secure, but still give the, the end user the ability to do their work as best as possible and, and give them the flexibility they need while still being secure. Yeah. And so we, we talk about all the time here at Citrus that, and it's sort of a strange phenomenon where we can actually increase the security posture, but also increase, increase the user experience. Right. And normally, normally in the past that really wasn't possible. So if you increase the security well, you know, to a point, your users hated you, right? Or if you opened it up too much for your users where they could do whatever they wanted to, well, then your security suffered, right? So, right. so you know, you just mentioned it, or we both mentioned it, where we can increase the security, but then we can give the user the flexibility if they want to use a Mac, if they want to use a Chromebook, right? I mean, I'm, I'm a Mac person as well. And Citrix is a BYOD company. They allow me to have a Mac. And from my user experience side, I like that aspect. I would, for me, I would hate to go to a company and they force uh, force a device on me that is locked down. I can't do anything with. Um, so again, you know, we can really, we can increase the security while giving flexibility, user experience, you know, and it, it's sort of a, like I said, it's sort of a strange phenomenon, but Citrix does that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about kind of the components of, of what uh, what Citrix brings, right? Because, you know, a person may ask, well, what do I need to do to deploy Citrix? And what is it built on, right? And um, the traditional, one of the, I guess one of the things that made IT organizations kind of think about, you know, should I do Citrix or not, was the complexity, right? Where you had to have, um, you know, some type of physical or virtual servers, and then infrastructure to actually run the store, what's called the storefront. You had to have SQL servers to run the database that built the engine that ran Citrix and load balancing. And it became to where I think a lot of people uh, in the past would look at RDS as just being, it's just simple, right? And right. I think um, unless you had the IT organization and kind of the support to run Citrix, um, that was some of the some of the the cons, right? Um, but what's nice about Citrix 
what what's evolved with Citrix in, in the last few years is really now making it easier on the IT organizations where instead of having to run a lot of complex infrastructure in their premises, delivery controllers, storefront, licensing servers, and so on, the, the hard pieces of Citrix that were hard to manage and that would brought, that maybe you had to worry about SLA is actually moving to cloud, right? And runs in Citrix cloud. And you can still have your virtualization stack, your actual resource servers on your premises that you're familiar with managing, but all of the Citrix pieces can be running in cloud securely. Correct. Yeah. So, so definitely in the past, you know, um, you know, customers or, you know, individuals have to completely manage the Citrix stack, right. From, uh, and so, and, and you're right. So we, we, we would come out with all these new versions and they would have to do these upgrades. They would have to keep up with them. I, I can't tell you how many customers I work with that either are on a end of life version or they're just about to be end of life. Um, and they just struggle with some of that management. So you're right. So, so now what we get, what we have is we can run, uh, some people call it Citrix Cloud. I like to call it Citrix as a service, mm-hmm. right? So we're managing all the backend. We're doing all the upgrades. Um, and then really a lot of our innovation is going to that, that piece of it well. So we're starting to integrate web and SaaS apps into sort of that solution. The other thing this allows, and we see sort of a, a shift in the industry. So right now, or in the past, you know, everybody ran everything in their local data center, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was either inside the data center or outside the organization, right? Trusted, not trusted. And so again, especially in this area in Louisiana, as we have a lot of hurricanes, we started finding a uh, number of organizations are trying to move to more, either move out of the data center into like a Azure AWS GCP, or, or start uh, looking at SaaS and stuff and start moving out of that physical data center. And, and if even look at the industry right now, uh, sometimes it's hard for people to get hardware. Sure. Maybe it takes them six or eight months to get it. Um, so one of the things this, this Citrix as a service model brings is we can bridge that gap, right? We can b- bridge the gap from on-prem to uh, any cloud solution because Citrix, we try to be agnostic on on what we support. So, you know, customers can start leveraging us, that service model to host up on-prem if they want, host virtual desktop and applications on-prem if they want. They can start host up stuff in AWS or they can start host stuff in GCP. We call that hybrid multi-cloud. So, it, and then we're bringing, again, we're bringing a lot of other things, uh, analytics, geofencing, um, I call it dynamic security right? Based on device, based on location, based on a number of different pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're bringing a lot of innovation when it comes to that sort of Citrix as a service model. So the traditional deployment of Citrix can still be done. I mean, if someone said, listen, I want to deploy everything on a service stack in my data center or my server closet, that's still available, right? That's still, that's, that's a legacy. No, I shouldn't say legacy. That's a traditional Citrix deployment, which is not going, yeah. which is not going away. But the customers who may don't have the staff or the expertise to necessarily keep up with those, you know, you know, upgrades and, and versioning and so on and so forth, they can actually move that the hard piece to the cloud and the easy piece, which is managing the the, the resources that the user is consuming, can be left in their data center. So it's kind of that's that hybrid approach. Yeah, hundred percent. So and we also have what we call hybrid rights. Um, so when we do, so when I'm working with a customer and we're transitioning mm-hmm. from that on-prem, 100% on-prem environment into this service model, uh, Citrix also provides what we call hybrid right licenses. So what that means is they can continue to run that on-prem environment and sort of migrate to this service model as they have time or as they see fit, right? We're not forcing them to do it day one. So we, we give those users time, and then, again, they can run the on-prem and the uh, service at the same time. Yep. So, so, so I, I, I mean, I'm hearing a lot of cool things, and, and just to be, you know, completely upfront, we actually utilize Citrus Cloud ourselves. Um, so we're, we're a Citrus Cloud provider, but we can resell it, and we also consume it. Right. So we're consuming it as a tenant right now. We have the ability to, to sell this as a tenant. Um, 
<clears throat> but you know what, the reason why we wanted to go to it so so badly is because like like what Shannon was saying. So when Shannon left venue, you know, for the most part, Eric and Jeremy can do Citrix. I've been doing Citrix since 1997-ish, 1998, something like that. Uh, but I am not a Citrix guy. I'm, I'm just this generic Windows guy, right? So I, so I, although I can do it, it's just not really something I want to do every day. So we knew, hey, let's eliminate all these pieces to manage for our internal Citrix platform, and let's move them to someone who, who does this. So they're going to let us know when they're doing upgrades. They're going to let us know if there's going to be an outage. It's all controlled by them. I don't have to be worried about it. So we deployed our own Citrix de department. We have a Citrix VDA, our, our virtual desktop, uh, in Baton Rouge, as well as in, in Shreveport, so that we have have remote access into our environments at all times. So even if the VPN's down, we have a way to securely, which was the key, securely get within to our environment, therefore to support all of our internal uh, platforms. We, we've been doing this for three years, maybe two and a half, three years. We are now at the point where the other platform, the platform that Shannon had helped support all those years ago when he worked for us, we're ready to start moving that and transitioning that to Citrix Cloud as well. So it's fantastic to hear about this hybrid model. Uh, but but something to be talked about a little bit is, is you're now offering, by using Citrix Cloud, you're offering the ability to move your Citrix platform into an operating cost. So I don't have to buy uh, uh, an L LTR license for ten thousand a hundred thousand dollars whatever it's going to cost right to maintain yeah. how many users i can just transfer that to an operating cost so if i'm cash strapped i have a way to to, to now decrease my capital cost on a one or three year you know renewal period and move it into a, just a monthly cost where i can say let me spread this out across the 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 year and the years plural as i continue <laughs> to use it right so so it's like when there's there's so many wins there for Citrix and for your licensing model uh, for from both an accounting standpoint to a, a technical engineer standpoint to an end user standpoint. Yeah, there's so many customers, there's so many people that have, when, I, when we talk to them about Citrix Cloud, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't have to pay for SQL Server licensing necessarily. <laughs> you know, it's like all these things yeah. that I have to, I'd have to go buy, right? I don't have to do anymore. I can just leverage it as I need. And you know, it, it, it's operational costs versus making that initial, you know, making that purchase up front. Uh, even to the extent where people may want to go full on uh, Citrix in cloud, right? There's, I was actually doing some research before the, um, before the, the, the podcast, right? And there's actually a Citrix marketplace on Azure where if you want to deploy Citrix, it's literally just a few clicks and you can start rolling out your own Citrix deployment. In, in Azure, right? And not only necessarily the Citrix uh, managed um, components, but also even the connectors and your servers and, and the, the end users VMs can be hosted in cloud as well. Yeah, exactly. So we're doing a lot with the, the three major public clouds, right? You know, the Azure, AWS, GCP. So we actually... You know, some of this back end, you know, for instance, we're talking about, you know, we're managing all the back end. Mm -hmm. That back end, if you're a GCP customer or a Google customer, you can have that back end in GCP. Um, you have that option, right? So your your data and your back end is, is located in the same sort of cloud environment, for instance. Um, so we we've got a we've got a partnership with you know all three cloud vendors that we're doing a lot with. So Shannon, well, that's interesting. Well, that's interesting because so so if I'm running my workload in let's just say AWS, and so I have my whole Citrix platform de deployed there, I also have the ability. I think it's not even being said, stated here, which is is I can exit my Citrix platform to an AWS service without ever leaving AWS. So I have just added a letter yet yet again another level of security. And also a, a level of latency I've 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 struck from my my platform, mm -hmm. and a level of cost. So I no longer have these ingress and egress costs for going in and out of the the public cloud systems. AWS, Azure, and uh, Google all have that same kind of platform where what data I put in and how much data I pull out have has a cost to it. But if I'm within the system transferring data, I don't have those costs, right? So now if I'm right. deploying Citrix 
in your environment, you, you're solving lots of problems there. I mean, that's, that's, that's very, that's very interesting concepts. Yeah. So is, are the, are those workloads, the, the actual customer use desktops and workloads, are those running natively in Azure, or AWS and GCP, or is this where you guys are leveraging VMware on the different clouds, like running ESX natively and integrating with, um, I know a lot of people are looking at, well, it's not anything new necessarily, but they're looking at things like vSphere on AWS, vSphere on uh, Azure. Is that something that can, you know, can integrate with a person who wants to keep that traditional stack? So, so you know, as I mentioned before, you know, we we sort of try to be agnostic when it comes to that 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 workload of where the workloads is. So we can run, you know, native GCP, native Azure, native AWS, or you can, you know, traditionally you can use VMware as a VMware hosted uh, kind of solution as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and and you can do both, right? We give you the option to do both. Maybe some, maybe some stuff makes sense to have it in GCP native. But maybe some other stuff makes sense to have it on a VMware hosted solution. Um, so, and again, we we give you options, right? We give you we give the customer options of where they want that sort of that actual you know user to land, whether that be the virtual desktops or the um, you know applications. Gotcha. Very nice. Very nice. Well, Citrix has really come a long way. I mean, uh, you know, I, like I said, I've been I've been utilizing and supporting it since approximately 1998, 99, somewhere in that range. Um, and I've supported all kinds of flavors of it uh, all the way up to, to, to today, as well as cloud, Citrix Cloud, or Citrix uh, Virtual App, as you were calling it a minute ago. Uh, and I, I see the progress continuing, especially now I'm hearing you having these, these great uh, partnerships with these public clouds enabling you guys to even expand farther. Mm-hmm. It, 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 exactly. And so, and the other thing too is, you know, like I always like to mention, you know, a lot of people are moving to SaaS and web, um, you know, for their HR apps or their, you know, ServiceNow or Workday or something like that. And we can start bringing all that into a, a sort of a single portal and we can put security on top of those. So if we want to disable copy paste, we want to disable printing, um, you know, all kinds of other things, geofencing and stuff, we can wrap that around those kind of things. And we kind of start bringing in sort of the whole, the whole user experience from virtual apps, desktops, files, SaaS, whatever it be, uh, into this portal for the user. And then, you know, give them the flexibility of, you know, what device they want to use. And they give IT the flexibility of where they want this stuff to host it based on what the business use case is. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so let's, let's 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 get to the the difficult question. So let's 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 tell the truth. The pandemic hurt you guys, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not really. It's the you know, uh, you know, we we definitely enabled a lot of uh, customers during the pandemic. Uh, like I mentioned, the engineering firm before that was during the pandemic, right? They needed to send uh, they needed to send all their engineers home, but they didn't want to send their their big, you know, AutoCAD desktops home. So we enable that 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 customer to actually send their users home, and they could use whatever device they wanted. Um, so uh, it just, I, I think it was, I think it was a long, I think work from home solution was a long time coming, and a number of organizations was scared, right? They were sort of scared to to jump into that. They were afraid to send people home and then not work out, and they have to bring them back. So I, I call the COVID sort of the work from home proof of concept, <laughs> and and now as I talk to a lot of a lot of different organizations, you know, some people are going two day, they're only coming in the office two days a week, or they're enabling you know people to move out of state. Um, so it's it's I, I think this was a long time coming, but I think it shortened that um, that shortened that work from home experience uh, that we've been. I mean, honestly, Citrus has been positioning that for a really long time. And then when this happened, you know, the world says, oh, this makes sense now. Right, right. So like, yeah. like I said, way way back in 2001 or so when I was working for this other company and we were trying to sell this application that we're going to run through Citrix and, and literally CEOs and CTOs, well, why would I ever want to be at a vacation and be able to access my work, right? And and we have now crossed those borders where that's all we want to do, right? You know, right. you know and, and you hear about it too. I mean, I, I, I'm, 
you know, I'm a, an adventurer guy. I, I like to travel and whatnot, but he, I, and I read lots of blogs. And you and you read about the guy who he he is a sysadmin and he lives in his van, right? Uh, and you hear this all the time. It's just not uncommon to read these kind of things because of what the things Citrix is doing and, and, and pushing the rest of the world to do, by the way, right? Because Citrix right. has been doing this, yeah. right? This is something Citrix has been doing since you said 89 when, you, when y'all started. Um, so this is something you've been pushing and promoting for, for years, but you didn't necessarily sell it that way. You were just saying, hey, we're, we're, we got a secure way of accessing systems. That's all you really said. Right. Now we can translate that to life and work home as well as work abroad or do whatever you want. Just be here eight hours. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So I definitely think Eric that, that, you know, Citrix has definitely come like, like I said, it's become commonplace now and it has actually become, you know, one of the major players in, in, in how people are working these days remotely. Um, you know, and it's come a long way since when we first deployed it back in the NTG days, right? Where now sure. auto scaling, advanced security, uh, biometrics are all something that's baked into the product um, and people are using today. So it's not something that's necessarily a new thing, uh, but it's something that Citrix has been successfully doing for many years and just continuing think- to grow. And I think from an MSP standpoint, you know, uh, Citrix is doing something with Citrix Cloud that we had to do ourselves. So in the, in the old days, you know, we built an Active Directory. We secured that Active Directory. We made it multi-tenant. We rolled out, you know, uh, Citrix servers and workloads for our different tenants. And each one of those things had to be secured separately via scripts and, and processes, right? Well, Citrix has basically fixed that. They're saying, hey, come join Citrix Cloud. You know, basically on the background, you're in either Azure or AWS or GDP LDAP of some type, right? And you're getting a, a tenant there, and there's your authentication. You can deploy on it to, to FA. You want Okta, you want whatever, Microsoft Authenticator, any of those things, you have that all built in right there, providing all that security and all you have to do is in your own little data center, turn up a workload, right? Yeah. So, you, so if you so if you want your workload not on the internet because you're you have other security concerns, you're a bank, you know, you're you're a, 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 a hospital, whatever, and you want that data to never leave your data center. Well, that VDA and that can work right there in your data center, and all you're doing is saying redirect me from my authentication point and from my my storefronts into my workloads, and I'm secure. Or maybe you want to have those workloads to where they can spin up and spin down as needed, sure. as performance needs. You know, seasonal workloads. Maybe you want to keep some on prem that never go away, that are a certain level, that are locked in SLA to your users. And then on certain cycles, maybe you want to burst out to to public cloud and run those workloads in cloud at a, maybe a more expensive, you know, proposition, but maybe it's only seasonal, right? Where you don't need to invest in gear for the long term. You can just spin it up as you need it. Sure. Yeah. And we, you know, and that goes into sort of the same, uh, you know, talking about DR a little bit. We started, we're starting to see a number of customers, especially in this area, you know, where we have a lot of hurricanes is where maybe they have a primary data center in Baton Rouge or in Louisiana. Mm -hmm. And so they said, you know what, instead of having a secondary data center or secondary DR data center in Louisiana, we may move that to, you know, a public cloud. Right. So now I can use Citrix to be able to host my desktops on prem for production, but I only need to spin up that environment and I'm only going to pay for that environment if there's actually a truly DR scenario. And, mm-hmm. and then to your point, too, as well, um, like seasonal, you know, seasonal work, you know, you think about tax season, right? CPAs, where they may have a lot of, you know, during tax season, those guys are going to be super, super busy. They're going to hire a number of CPAs to help them with all the taxes, but it's only for that short, maybe four months workload, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's not, you know, they don't need to buy the entire infrastructure for the 12 months to be able to only support their users for four months. So. Yeah, so it's win, win, win because you you know you're like you said earlier, you're spinning up this workload for this person who's a who's a transient worker. They don't have any direct access to data, and so they're so they're secure, they're remote, they're able to access everything, and then they're also able to handle the workload by by expanding and 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 growing as needed. So I mean, Citrix is really covering the grounds there. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we are approaching five o'clock, and uh, I think we we've definitely talked a good bit about what Citrix brings to the table. And any of the listeners that have additional questions, right, or maybe want to talk about Citrix deployments or, um, you know, solutions that may involve Citrix, um, you know, myself, Eric, Shannon are available to talk. Um, myself and Eric being being some of the venue data center staff that can um, build solutions for customers. And when things that we can't figure out, we reach out to Shannon. <laughs> Luckily, Shannon still likes us, I think. <laughs> oh well he does he did call me after our conversation about tesla and he goes man william t- t- uh, eric needs to buy a tesla and just get off all this <laughs> yeah. wait till tesla comes out with a motorcycle then all we're here is how much how much eric loves tesla well they yeah. do have a uh they do have a four-wheeler so if you've seen the little i think it's for kids though but it's a kid's four-wheeler that they came out with I, it's probably it's probably out of stock but no i really appreciate you guys having me on the day and it's definitely you know great to you know speak to everybody and if, you know again if y'all have questions you know we're always i'm always here i'm always available so definitely let me know if i can if i can help any way you can you know find me on linkedin as well i'm i'm i try to I try to stay pretty active on there and provide relevant information for folks as well. So it's, thank you all. Thank you. Shannon. And, 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 Absolutely. And look, uh, remind people, Shannon Adams, sales engineer of the year last year. So this guy is not just some guy that's been at Citrix working. He, this guy really does know his business. I do. And I, I definitely care about my customers as well. So, I, you know, I try to help you know, help my customers, you know, enable the business and and move, you know, move on this digital journey that we're all in. Absolutely. Shannon, do you mind if we put your LinkedIn uh, information in the show notes of the podcast? Of course. Yeah, go ahead. Perfect. All right. Well, definitely uh, this podcast, will have it out later today. I'm actually going to do some some editing here and get it out this afternoon. So thanks, everyone. William, thank you very much, Shannon. This was, I mean, we could talk Citrix probably for eight more hours, but th- it was a great conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks. Right, for, bye. Thanks, thanks for listening.